and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hello, and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. I hope you all had an amazing week and enjoyed this week's uh, reality TV lineup. Um, As I'm sure if you guys follow us on Instagram, you've seen, I am flying solo today. So if you only listen for the sweet, dulcet tones of our British co-host, you will be sadly out of luck this week. So it's just me. If you only listen to her or for her, then... um, I guess you're out of luck this week, but I'm here and I've watched all the shows and I've reached out. So I've got a lot of your input as well. So um, let's hope Kat is having a fabulous time on the British seaside and uh, you guys are stuck with me. So thank you all for sending me your thoughts this week. Way to help a podcaster out. It's a very strange feeling when you have like a co-host to bounce things off of, and um, then it's just you. So hopefully I can incorporate everything you guys talked about. Um, It's been a cracker. I I really wish Kat was here. I think we'd have um, some great banter for the shows this week. But like I said, it's just me, so uh, hope you're, you're down for that. Before we get started, I just want to ask you guys a massive favor. If you guys could hop on iTunes and rate and review us, it's the easiest way to help support the podcast, get our name out there. It's the way that we actually show up on like the recommended lists and things like that. So if you could do that, that would be fabulous. Also, um, just a quick like upcoming show corner here. The Real Housewives of Potomac started this Sunday, so I hope you guys all watch that. We'll be chatting about that next week. Also, the Shaw's reunion we have all been waiting for is finally out, so Kat and I will give that a watch and put together that mini-sode for you. All right, so let's get into it with our favorite Monday show, Below Deck Mediterranean, and... This has been a crazy season, and we've seen definitely some highs and lows with the chefs and the stews, Um, but this episode kind of starts out with their night out, and we really see kind of Hannah not connecting with the rest of the crew. Kiko decides to, you know, chill, take it easy, stay inside, and really prep for this next charter because he's been, you know, letting it down in the food area as far as Chief Not Chief, what am I saying? Captain Sandy has been super disappointed. So we really see Hannah not connecting with the rest of the crew. And I really have to wonder, because there's some sort of kind of foreshadowing. Like, is she going to be sticking around for the end of the season? A lot of you guys out there feel no. I think a lot of people, you know, are all of the opinion that Bugsy's going to really step up and become the Chief Stew. I don't know. Like, this is just a not a normal Hannah that we're seeing this season. I feel like we're seeing a very disconnected Hannah. She doesn't really want to be there. She would much rather be home with her boyfriend, which I think we can all understand. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how this all plays out. Um, I have a feeling we're not going to see her last, but, you know, let us let me know what you think. I'd, I'd be interested 
um, I think the whole Bugsy coming in is really going to be kind of a prelude to what we're going to see at the end. So we'll see about that. And what do you think about Bugsy and Alex? I definitely feel like there is some romantic thing going on there. I know we heard Bugsy say that she's not really suave enough to have romantic interests on the boat because she just gets like this crippling fear of rejection, which who doesn't like, let's be real. But um, I don't know. I could really see something happening between the two of them. I think they're both hilarious. They both work their fucking asses off and they're like really connected to everybody in the crew. So I think it'd be like a nice mix up because to be really frank, I'm super over Rob and Jess and these like stolen little romantic bits in parts of the boat when Jess isn't really doing her job. And that's not really her fault as a uh, snids222 on Instagram kind of pulls up. It was super cringy to see Hannah make Jess go and have a chat with Malia about all of the uniform situation and kind of the interior is just really following apart. I don't feel like Hannah's being the leader that we know she can and that we've seen her be. She's, again, I think it kind of goes back to that disconnected part. She's not really there. But 100%, I feel like it was Hannah's job to go have a chat with Malia, see what's going on, apologize, and then have a chat with Jess later. There's no way. It's Jess's responsibility to go have that chat with Malia. And I feel like it puts Malia in this really weird position because obviously we see Malia being a badass at leading her and, you know, her side of the boat and, you know, taking care of business, thinking about people's feelings, doling out compliments when they're needed. And I feel like Hannah's kind of default is just to not deal with this shit and let Malia be the bigger person and be the person that everybody, you know, sees that she's doing and be the boss of everyone, which is totally unfair. So I felt I put both Jess and Malia in a really fucked up situation on kind of having to deal with each other when it's actually Hannah's job to step in. So again, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to see. Um, as far as Hannah goes for the rest of the season. But can we just take a moment to chat about this new charter who looks fucking awesome, by the way. These people are here to have a good time. They seem really easygoing. But the food of Vegas night was just fucking hideous. Like, it was totally a throwback to the Russian chef last season making really shitty nachos. Uh, There were a couple people throwing up questions about nachos and whether it's an American food or not. Um, Coming from Texas, I make some badass nachos. My nachos don't look that shitty. They're super easy to make and make well. But again, they have no place on a fucking super yacht. Like, this food, this Vegas dinner food was so gross. I thought the guests had it spot on. It was like a kid's party. I would be appalled if I was paying that amount of money to be on a mega super yacht and been served that shit-ass food. Because for me, like, I've been to Vegas. Vegas has some amazing food. Like, you could do steaks, and you could, like, take it old school and do all this stuff. And I don't know if Kiko just doesn't know, so he really leaned on Hannah to, like, give him the heads of what food is, and she fucking got it wrong. I don't know. I think it was all lost in translation. It should have been a lot better. 
it was embarrassing. And I think, you know, on some level, Sandy's right to be very upset about Kiko with that. Um, But there have been a lot of people out there kind of asking questions about, like, does Sandy have an agenda? Because we know Malia's boyfriend is a chef, and he's coming out in a couple of weeks. So is this all kind of set up for Kiko to be kicked off and maybe Malia's boyfriend to come in and be a chef? Uh, I think Nettie Clarice on Instagram brought that up. I don't know. I mean, I think Sandy would have to be an evil fucking genius to like make all of these wheels fall in motion for all of these people to like leave and come up. So like brings on Bugsy so that Hannah can leave. Malia's boyfriend's coming out. So like, let's get Kiko to go. I don't know. Um, I feel like I saw a picture on social media that showed Aisha and Malia's boyfriend in with the crew. So I don't know if that's what we're kind of in for. I don't know. Um, Again, we don't see a lot of Pete this season. I definitely think this is when we can tell that Bravo has definitely re-edited some of these. And maybe some other things got lost in the mix. But um, it's it's been a season for this uh, this uh, franchise. And I don't, I don't know. I I find it hard. I feel like on some level, I I lose interest. Like, I'm tired of not watching Hannah connect with other people or do her job. Like, it's not even that interesting for me to talk about anymore. Um, But we'll see. I mean, maybe a big staff shakeup is what's needed. In this episode, we see kind of Kiko resigning and, like, not even fighting for his job and just being like, you know fine, I'll leave after this charter if you're not happy with what I'm doing. And for me, that's really disappointing because I feel like Sandy wants Kiko to step it up and kick ass like he did at that massive dinner with, you know, the 72 plates and things like that. I just don't know if this is his strong suit. I think maybe his strong suit is just being a chef for a private yacht. Who knows? We'll see. But That's kind of my thoughts on Below Deck Med this week. If I've gotten shit totally wrong, let me know. Um, If I'm right, I'd love to hear about that as well. So let us know what you think. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. All right. Uh, Next up, we've got Million Dollar Listing LA. And I'm just going to put it out there. I don't find the show as interesting if Tracy Tudor is not in it. it. It seems like they're kind of just rotating Tracy and James and David along with the two Joshes. But this episode, I actually really liked James and David. I thought the Santa Monica house was fucking gorgeous. I would love that house. I love the yard and the space and the character. Um, So they, you know, do the barbecue open house. But I feel like with previews that we've seen, people are going to feel like it's not priced that well. So maybe the job, you know, wasn't the open house wasn't that solid. For me, the show, other than like you know, occasional flares up, like flare ups between personalities is really all about the house porn. So for me, like this Santa Monica house did it completely. 
We also see in this episode um, Josh Altman kind of flying with the honesty again, and this time it kind of bit him in the ass. So he gets called out to like the Bird Streets, which is like his territory, which looks cool if you are super into like the modern white boxes. This seems to be kind of the land of it. But, you know, he gives his honest opinion, and we find out that the owner is not super keen. He wants to go with the people who are promising him more money which, yeah, I guess we all do. But I really think Josh makes a good point here. Like, Do you want it just to sit for ages, or do you actually want to sell your house? Because if you want to sell your house and move on, this is the price you need to do it. And I feel like that's going to bite that, that owner in the ass um, in the end. Maybe he'll come back to Josh Altman. We'll see. One of my favorite parts of this episode was watching watching. Josh Flagg, Find a House for Becca Tobin from Glee. She's also the host of a podcast called Lady Gang, who also had a show on E! So if you guys are fans of that, this is her. Um, I love watching the agents show clients' houses because I find that more interesting. I, I love getting to watch all the different houses. I like them kind of trying to figure out what they like. I love their responses to some of the shit things that they find um, fine for their clients and have them look at. But I thought Becca picked the absolute... F- favorite house of mine was like the Outpost Hills house with that like murder podcast room. I would kill for a podcast room. I'm just putting it out there in the universe. I'd love to have a room where the sound was perfect and whatnot, as you guys see or hear, like however you're digesting this episode this uh, week. I record from my bedroom, which is definitely not ideal, but um, this podcast room in this house was 100% like the murder house or the old school cinema, um, which was off-putting at first, but obviously she's just going to do it up. Um, I think she totally made the right decision. It's a great investment. It was the cheapest of the houses. It would have let her do a lot of things to it. So that's that. Again, like I feel like without Tracy, I don't have anything to like super chap, you know, super champion of Million Dollar Listing LA, it's simply house porn when she's not there. So we can enjoy it for what it is, and hopefully next week we'll see more of her. Which I think brings us to, like, the ultimate show of this week, which was The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in Rome. And shit hit the motherfucking fan this week. Um, We see them, like, right when they land, Teddy drops you know, the scandal bomb on Lisa Rinna right away, which I was a little bit put off by. Like, can we just like have a car ride without this coming up? But I think what was interesting is that Lisa kind of guessed what the scandal was all about. So part of me wonders if she's heard it before or had some inkling. I don't know. But, you know, Teddy just dropped it all on her right in the end, which... Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. Like, I'm just not a fan. Like, I think she's a sweet person. I think she's trying her best, but she's just not interesting enough for me for the show. Like, I feel she only really shines when there's shit going on with other people. She doesn't really have anything going on that's her own that's exciting. I don't know. I mean, also, I'm going to give her this. Like, she's massively pregnant, and I'd be so fucking tired of dealing with all this bullshit being that pregnant. I'm a terrible pregnant woman. Um, it's simply why we only have two kids and we'll have no more. I'm, I'm unbearable to be around and probably not that entertaining either. So maybe I should just be glad that there were no cameras following me around, but can we just have a minute for the fashion of this episode? I mean, Dorit 
brings it in the fashion category. I know she's over the top. I know some of her things are not everybody's favorite, but I love like the heart and soul she puts in to the way she's dressing and like embracing the moment and just having a fucking good time. Um, I know Dorit is kind of a scandalous person. Like not a lot of people like her. Not a lot of people are super into her. But I feel this season, I'm getting on the Dorit board. I think she talks a lot of sense sometimes that nobody's really willing to hear. But I I just, I love her attitude. I think she's having a good time. I think she's finding her place in this group. I think it's taken her a while. And then, of course, the queen of fucking everything. Erica bringing it with that all-white outfit and her white hat was just fucking breathtaking. Um... I love it. I, I think Italy is the place that you can go and just wear whatever you want and have a great time and enjoy being on vacation. For me, like that's what vacation is all about. You just bring your fucking A-game clothes, take time getting ready, having a fucking good time. And then in between all that, you're and for me, it's laying on a beach and drinking and just not dealing with real life. That's my opinion. But these ladies had a lot of real life to deal with. I thought the first night was fucking gorgeous. Like they just went out, they had drinks, they had fun. They were busting each other's balls, but all in a good way. This night I actually saw a cool Teddy that I would hang out with. Like she was, you know, self-reflective, but didn't take herself fucking too seriously. I feel like ultimately that's Teddy's problem. She takes herself too goddamn seriously She's so intense and so serious about everything and then so worried about why people don't like her. And I feel like that's what makes her feel off in the group. Like, I just want her to, you know, gain some fucking self-confidence and just do you. And I mean, maybe this is her. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking a load of shit, but I don't know. I just feel like something's off there. But this night was brilliant. Everybody laughing and having a good time. Garcelle and Denise arrive. So we see them kind of surprise the girls at night. And I think all in all, like this will probably end up being like the best, most chill fun night of the trip. And it's a shame because it's right at the beginning. Sutton's not even there yet. Um, Speaking of which, am I the only one that got super fucking annoyed about like the entitled vibe that Sutton gave off about like, oh, I would have had to, you know, I guess she had some fucking passport issues or whatever, and that maybe she was going to have to get a private plane, and oh, it would have been that or just a couple of dresses. I was like, my mouth fucking dropped to the floor on that. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, read the tone of the world. <laughs> like, or be some fucking self-aware about like, yes, we know you have loads of cash, But not all of us can just like hire the private plane at the fucking drop of a hat because we have some sort of issues with everything. I don't know. I just found it really off-putting, which is a shame because I I bounce back and forth about whether I like her enough. I don't know if you guys have the same kind of, I don't know, difference of opinion of Sutton. Sometimes I really like her and think I can get on board with her, but other times I'm just like, you're so out of touch. Like, fucking get your head out of your ass and be a normal human being. I don't know. But the girls go, so they have this great night. They all do this crazy shopping again. They're all getting along. I thought Denise was being a little bit weird about like, you know, I felt she was being kind of judgy about everybody's clothes. Maybe I read that wrong. Totally possible. But I just feel like 
this Denise is a complete 180 from the past season's Denise. And it's a real fucking bummer because I really liked past season Denise's. I thought she was fun. She was cool. She was, I don't know, just herself, like a laid back, cool chick that was just going to do her and everybody could go fuck off. And I like that Denise. I think that Denise brought something really cool to the group, a very like laid back, chill vibe. The Denise of this season is so fucking uptight and just blah. I'm just, I'm not digging it. I don't know. And I don't know if it's because like the stuff going on or the possible rumors out there, who knows? But anyways, they go shopping and then they all start getting ready for dinner. And it's like a fucking fashion show when they're coming down for dinner. And I am here for it. I love the walks. I love Erica's like all black funeral look. I think it's kind of hilarious that Teddy and Lisa are both like dolled up in leopard print. Um, Sutton's super late. You know, Kyle gets all annoyed about the glam, which she always does. And part of me is just like, what the fuck? Like, who cares? Who cares if everybody has glam? Like, if they want to spend the money on flying their glam people all over the world to do it, fuck, wouldn't it be amazing to have that kind of cat? I mean, I don't know if I'd spend it the same way, but it would be awesome to like, I don't know, just pack a bunch of like super amazing clothes and then also have your glam squad doing your hair and doing your makeup and like putting together these looks. Like, I just think it would be fun. Probably wouldn't do it all the time, but for one time, it'd be amazing. So we've got the fucking dinner. All right. So they sit down and I actually at first really like the way Teddy kind of starts to bring up all this stuff. I felt that Teddy did a good job of being like, hey, I heard you say these things about me. They really fucking hurt my feelings. Did you say them or not? I really liked how Teddy at first was just making it about like the talking shit aspect to what they heard from Brandy, um, I guess like the night before. I thought that was a really human way to approach things. I thought that She was making it about her and her feelings and the girls and their feelings. And I was down with that. I was like, okay, cool. Like, we're just going to talk about maybe the shit that happened. So Teddy brings up that those things were mean. They hurt her feelings. She starts bringing the other girls in. She drops, you know, Lisa Rinna in it. And this is the point where I'm just like, Teddy, girlfriend, no, ma'am. Like, now now you're diluting your fucking message. Like, just make it about yourself and be like, I heard these things and whatever, but no. So then, like, the whole dinner explodes. And we put a picture of this on Instagram. I fucking live for the faces of Erica. And the face that she makes when shit starts hitting the fan is fucking priceless. Because if I was in Italy, I would just want to enjoy my motherfucking wine and the delicious homemade pasta and all that, but no. Like, now shit's all kicking off. So, like, Lisa brings up the shit that she's heard about her. She Lisa brings up the shit that she's heard Denise say about Erica. Erica's like, what the fuck? Then Teddy brings in Kyle, which I thought was really not nice. Like, I just thought it was kind of gross where she was like, well, Kyle, you were there. Like, why aren't you speaking up? And I don't think... That was cool at all. I think Kyle maybe just wanted to play it a little low-key, like not confront Denise right there. I think for the most part, Denise is like trying to handle all this stuff the right way. But 
it's not happening. Like, I don't believe a goddamn word Denise is saying. Like, maybe the sex shit didn't happen, which, again, like, so Teddy at the table brings up the, like, well, she said you had sex, and then, like, everything blows to pieces. Um, I thought Dorit brought up a really good point about Brandy's trustability factor, and I felt like she was kind of, like, the voice of fucking reason at the table. Like, well, like, why do you trust her over her? And blah, blah, blah. But I do agree, like, there was a confessional with Lisa Rinna that kind of calls out Denise for saying, well, honestly, I just feel like you only care about your image. Like, she don't, this season, Denise only cares about her image. And I think it kind of touches back to, like, the loss of the laid-back um, Denise. But after the sex bomb has been dropped, Denise just calls it down. And I found it really fucking interesting that in this show, they brought up that like when she says, bravo, bravo, fucking bravo, that's like some sort of secret code to like cut production and that she doesn't want this shit aired. So she's saying all that. Dorit calls her out on it. And I don't know, like I've never heard that before on any of these shows. So maybe that is a secret code that they used to abide by, but this shit is way too fucking good for them to cut. I don't know. But like one thing I found super interesting about this, like we're all caught up in the moment of what Brandy said to Kyle and Teddy and with Kim in the room and the shit that's happening right now. But then we see a confessional of Sutton being like, yeah, I heard that months ago. So I've always been on the fence. Like, do I believe Brandy? Do I believe Denise? And I'm feeling like more and more people around are hearing this rumor. So for me, I'm kind of like, it's probably true, but I'm not sure. We end the show with fucking Denise, like threatening Bravo. Like they better not fucking air this shit if they want me back. And I felt like we definitely had a lack of Denise confessionals in this episode. So it'll be interesting to see what is going to go down but damn this was this was an episode i like it was just insane i'm i'm really lamenting that i'm here talking about it all on my own cuz i'd love to hear cat's thoughts on this love to hear you guys' thoughts on this like i've heard a few of you guys um smithy2602 brings up the recent uh receipts that have been in the so- in kind of the social media world about Brandy and Denise. But what I found super interesting, so Smithy2602, I'll get back to your point in just a minute. But I saw that this week, the ladies recorded the reunion in person in New York, So I'm or in uh, Beverly Hills, or no, they're in New York, sorry. So I'm guessing there's some sort of social distancing aspect going on. But Brandy did a podcast this week, and according to the podcast, she and Bravo decided at the last minute she was not going to be a part of the reunion, but she is going to do like a one-on-one interview with Andy Cohen, which is going to, I guess, shed light on this whole Denise and Brandy situation. I guess they decided to pull Brandy because they didn't want it to be like a pile-on situation that the reunion was last season with Camille, but I'm so looking forward to that interview. I can't wait to hear what Andy says to her and all of that, but as far as, uh, let's go back to the receipts on social media. So Brandy's been posting all of these texts from like Denise saying that these this proves that her story is true. But like the amount of people who are going after Brandy and being like, it's fucking easy to falsify text and that could just be another friend and 
all this crazy stuff. Like I always felt people would be more team Brandy based on like her past of being honest and open than team Denise, then on team Denise. But I feel like that's not the case in like general thought process. It seems like a lot more people are backing Denise and think Brandy's lying. I cannot fucking wait to see how this all plans out. Like this is what we've all been waiting for this entire season of the real housewives of Beverly Hills, even previously um, when all the stuff started coming out. So my personal opinion, I think Brandy's telling the truth. I think it explains why, why Denise is like a totally different person this season. I think she's known this is probably going to come out because she knew what she did and like the way she's treated Brandy. I don't know. I'm going to go on record and think I, I'm going to say I think Brandy's telling the truth. I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. Are you team Denise? Are you team Brandy? Who the fuck knows how it's all going to play out, but I'm here for it. That's what we're all here for it. So that brings us to our last show of the week. And I feel like I'm probably speeding through this, but I'm going to tell you, honestly, it's not easy to like sit here and banter with invisible people about this show. The whole point of the podcast is to banter about reality TV, bring up the smart points when you're by yourself. It's a little tricky, so I'm sorry if this is not the episode you were looking most forward to, but it is what it is. Try my best, peeps. So, the real housewives of New York. And we see the infamous fucking spa day, which I'm still going up on record, is this is all about Luann and her feelings and how she feels and what's going to make her feel good versus what actually would be helpful for these people who have just gone out of prison. The entitlement is fucking strong with this one, man. The entitlement, the privilege, it's really fucking gross to watch, to be really frank. I mean, I love that all the ladies had a great time, and I do think there's some aspect of giving people space to feel human and cared for and loved, which I'm hundred percent sure was missing from life in prison. But at the same time, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like Luann and her resources could probably do so much more than just take these ladies out for a spa day or like do something that will have like a long lasting impression or long lasting effects on these women who were incarcerated but I feel like it's more like Luann trying to show off and being like, look at all the good I'm doing. And, oh, like I'm I'm one of them. Like I, I really suffered. And I just feel like she didn't. Like we've seen no real lasting change in her. She was barely in jail. She was on probation for ages. I'll give her that. But I just don't feel like her experience is the same. And so therefore I feel like she doesn't really have a voice in this fight. I don't know. Um, maybe I'm talking a lot of shit. If I am, fucking call me out on it. I want to hear it. Educate me on maybe why Luann is valid, but I don't know. I, I'm my, I was never a super fan of Luann, but I feel like my tolerance of Luann has definitely gotten shorter um, this season. I find her pretty insufferable. I mean, all the cabaret talk from last season was insufferable, but this fucking like self-important struggle. I, I don't know. Like, I'm over it. I don't care. It's not entertaining. Not a Luann fan. So maybe that just sums it all up. But when Ramona shows up to the spa day, the 
like avoidance monster is strong. Like she talks about like the disgusting things that Leah did and all the shit, which I didn't find what Leah did that fucking offensive. As we talked about last week, I think both Kat and I were on the same page that we felt Sonia's behavior was way more disturbing than Leah's, but Ramona just doesn't see that way. She's not having it, but she also doesn't want to dress it and doesn't want to work it out. So who knows? Um, I think Dorinda was spot on when she kind of calls out, she's with Leah and she calls out that Ramona's just jealous because Leah has the one thing that like Ramona can't buy, which is like youth and like time to do it over. I don't know how spot on that is. I think it's probably fairly spot on, but what really fucking floored me about this episode was when Ramona starts spilling all the shit about like Leah's mental health. First off, I'm like, A, do you have someone fucking snooping on her? Like, I find it hard to believe that there are people out in the world that are just like doing all these deep dives on people without being asked. I mean, I mean, maybe I'm naive. I don't know. But Ramona puts forth that like this friend of hers came to her and, you know, gave her the heads up about Leah's mental health issues. And, you know, she really shouldn't be drinking with her pills. And that's been the whole fucking problem. And I think it's just really gross. Like, I don't think other people's mental health is something that you fucking gossip about or chat shit about or anything like that. And I totally agree with Leah that this behavior is way more disgusting than even Ramona being upset with her about the party. Like, to chat shit about somebody's mental health is 100% motherfucking gross. I think Ramona had somebody do some snooping so she should could get some dirt to kind of justify her actions towards Leah. I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching. Maybe I'm thinking the conspiracy goes too high for that. But I don't know. I just find it really suspect that like once Ramona totally loses her shit with Leah last episode, now there's now she's finding some like justifiable reason of why she could be acting crazy, which I don't think she is. She's just fucking having a good time. She's in a room, a bunch of ladies. Ramona needs to get the stick out of her ass. Again, like I said last week, I feel like Ramona is just embarrassed with all her society friends about her other friend, like her reality TV friends. And I don't think it's cool. I think it's ridiculous. And Ramona needs to, I don't know, get a fucking clue. But we see Ramona dumping all of her friend, like all of her feelings about Leah onto Sonia. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, is Sonia Morgan really the best person to be asking about the appropriateness of behavior at the party? Because Sonia was actually busting up glass at your party and like dancing on the table. And I love that like Sonia's justification for all this is like, oh, well, they all know me. Like they all know me, so it's fine. They know that I behave this way. They don't know Leah, so therefore it's not okay. It's such a fucking double standard. And I find that Ramona has a deep double standard between Sonia and Leah. She's very quick to judge Leah's drinking and Leah's behaviors and Leah's lifestyle and, you know, be disappointed in her, which is a very fucking condescending mommy bullshit thing that I think Ramona dumps on her. But then when Sonia really does the same thing, if not worse, Ramona has no complaints. Ramona has nothing to say about that. Like her ride or die is far more important. So she's just going to be in it. And can we just talk for a moment? Uh, Julia Sunshine on Instagram brings us up. Like Sonia totally drops Leah in it by not standing up for Leah and just being like, Ramona, calm your shit. We were all just having a good time. You are taking this too far. Now, Sonia will say that in confessionals, 
but never, ever to Ramona's face. And that really bothers me because I feel like Sonia could stand up to Ramona and Ramona would shut, like, that would shut this shit down. If Sonia just stood up to her and was like, you know what, we were just all having a good time. Like, you need to pull the stick out of your ass and move on. I think Ramona would, but... I don't know. I don't know if Ramona has something on Sonia or what, but I feel like Sonia just kisses her ass. Like every time she has the opportunity to stand up for somebody else to Ramona, she doesn't. Now Sonia will call Ramona out on shit that Ramona does to her very easily, but I don't feel like she ever stands up for anybody else. And that kind of bothered me this episode. So then we see the ladies go to Mexico, which the house is amazing, but with all the fucking unresolved issues that are in this friend group, I think this trip is going to be a shit show. And we see it at the dinner, right? We see Ramona consistently trying to avoid Leah and not talk about what's going on to the point she's even telling the ceviche chef how to fucking do his job, which is insane. But, you know, I think Leah nails it on the head. She calls Ramona out. She, you know, says she's really more upset about the shit she's saying about her mental health than even the issue with the party. We also see Sonia gets super wasted. And can we have a moment for that poor hairdresser lady trying to do drunk Sonia's hair? My heart went out for her. It's like, I mean, naked Sonia is crazy Sonia, naked drunk Sonia is crazy Sonia, excuse me. And it just was fuck. I mean, it was hilarious watching, but like, it makes me feel bad for Sonia. I think there's something more going on. T. Ellis on Instagram uh, posed a question like, do we think Sonia is drinking more for attention? Like maybe she feels she's losing out on attention. Maybe she feels that Ramona's too wrapped up in Leah maybe she's just dealing with a lot of shit, so she's getting wasted. I don't know. But this is like a more wasted Sonia than we've seen in a really long time. So I think T. Ellis on Instagram could have, you know, a point there. Like, she's really trying to get attention, trying to do her show, or, you know, trying to be more on the show. I don't know. But, man, it was an episode. I can't wait to see more from Mexico because I definitely don't think we've heard the end of this conversation. But that brings me to the end of my solo conversations, which has been such a surreal time for me, chatting to myself, watching myself, recording myself, having a chat with all these shows, only with myself. So send me your thoughts and opinions. I'd love to hear them. You can reach us at hey at TV My Husband Hates. Hit us up on all the socials. Again, we've got the Patreon thing going on. And if you are a member who does like the upper two tiers, you actually get this podcast a full day early on there. So check that out. Um, Again, thank you all so much for supporting us. Thank you, uh, T. Ellis, for becoming our new newest Patreon supporter. We really appreciate your support. Again, hop on there, rate and review us. Um, Maybe not judge us on this episode, but, you know, send us your thoughts and opinions. I've had a great time being with you guys today. Thank goodness Kat will be back next week and you'll probably get a way more interesting chat. But in the meantime, remember, smart people watch reality TV too. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. 
Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates by Jimmy Sims. 